if you have your Bibles, can you go to John chapter 6? And uh, I just want to just take a few moments here. I, I pray I won't keep you very long today. Everyone say, you got a lot of faith there, Pastor. Uh, but I, there are some things I do want to share with you today. Uh, John chapter 6, um, verse 35, and we'll come back at, the, at this, but I want to focus on this verse right here. And it says this, it says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Let me read that one more time. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your word today. God, I just thank you for your presence in this house that I feel. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, anoint me, God, Lord, that you would use me how you see fit. God, I pray, Lord, that you soften hearts, Lord, that you begin to draw men to you, God, like only you can do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Uh, I love that bit of verse. It says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. That is a promise from God. That is a promise from God. That's not a statement there. That is a promise from the Lord. And, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Uh, that's why we can sing songs like the more I seek you, the more I find you. Because of scripture like this right here. Uh, if, how many know that great psalm, Psalm 23? Most of us can quote that psalm. And, and in Psalm 23... Uh, it, it says this, all right, and you, can, you know this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, what I shall not want, amen. Verse 2, he makes me what? Oh, man, lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside what? Woo. Number three, he what? Woo. Come on, somebody. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for what? His name's sake. You know why he leads you in the path of righteousness? Because of his name. Because of his name. And, and, and so here in John chapter 6, and I'm going to correlate these just a little bit here. I think this is kind of interesting because there's a parallel happening in John chapter 6 and the psalm in Psalm 23. Psalm 23 written many, many, many years before John chapter 6. But something amazing happens here. In Mark's account, in, in, in John chapter 6, Jesus feeds the 5,000 people. How many remember that story, right? And he takes, he takes two fish and five loaves, and he feeds the multitude at least 5,000 people right then and there. How many know that's a lot of people to feed? And so in that moment, at the beginning of John chapter 6, he feeds those people. And it's interesting, uh, a matter of fact, in Mark's account of, of that very same miracle, it says that Jesus saw the multitude there, and he saw that they were a people with no shepherd. So what did Jesus do? He began to shepherd them with the word of God. And a matter of fact, he met their physical needs. So the first part of that psalm says, the Lord is my shepherd, what? I shall not want. Amen. So there's a good correlation right there. And then you go a little bit step uh, a step further there. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Um, 
Uh, it's interesting because in, in John's account of that very same miracle, when, when they were eating, he, he told the disciples in, in John chapter 6, verse 10, he told them, hey, sit them down here on this hill with the grass and it's green. How many know that God is not only our shepherd, Jesus is not only our shepherd, but he will take us and put us in a place where we are, are rested. There's nothing a cow worries about when it's sitting in the green pasture, sitting there chewing the cud. It's just sitting there in the green pasture enjoying what it's doing and so God has called you and God can put you in that place maybe you're dealing with a little bit of anxiety in your heart can I tell you God wants to lead you to green pastures and the, the story goes on there in John chapter 6 and the uh, the uh, disciples go across they get caught in the storm right and then Jesus comes on and, and he speaks to the storm but look at this I, I like I like what he says here uh, after feeding them and, and, and there he he led them into what or by the what still water. So there's a neat parallel here that's happening in the life of Jesus and this psalm. I thought that was pretty interesting. So after Jesus fed them and Jesus is feeding them, he's leading them, he restores their souls at this point by giving them some soul food. How many like soul food? All right, the three of you like soul food. How many have ever had some good collard greens? Come on. How many, I mean, you go down south, you're going to get some soul food, right? You go down south, you go down a little bit down to Alabama and Mississippi, you're going to find some restaurants that are holes in the wall that's going to have some food that will make your tongue slap you on the backside of the head. Come on, some of you know what I'm, but Jesus, he does something here. He feeds them physically, but then he, he gives them a real huge peace here spiritually. And so look at this. In John chapter 6, going back to this verse, verses 32 through 35, Jesus said to them, um, I read the 35th verse. We're going back a few verses. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. All right. Verse 33, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. How many know that? Uh, man, that is a picture of Jesus. Jesus is trying to spell it out for him here, okay? He's talking to him. He's trying to say, hey, hey, the, the bread of God is he. It's a person who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 34, and they said to him, sir, give us this bread always. And verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And so it's, it's interesting to me, the crowd that day, they were interested in the Lord's hands. Lord, what can you give me? How many like a free meal? How many like it when someone buys you a meal? Amen. They were interested in what the Lord was able to give them to meet a physical need. How many like a good financial blessing? Oh, don't be all pious. Most of you need to raise your hand, right? When God gives you a finance, we love what the Lord does with his hands. And so what they are very appreciative of what he's doing with his hands. And they're, they, they were thinking temporally and, and, and not realizing that Jesus is speaking to them spiritually and, and, and eternally. This is interesting. And, he said, and, he, and they said, give us bread as Moses did. And I like Jesus' correction. Moses didn't give you that bread. My father gave you that bread. And they were trying to get something from him. And he's saying, hey, this whole time, it's me. It's me. It's not something I give to you. It's 
it's me, and I am the bread of life. And that, and that word I, I am, means this, I exist. How many know that God exists? God exists. And bread of life, which literally means the bread that supplies life. In other words, Jesus came to exist to be the bread that supplies life. How many want Jesus to be your supply? Amen. All right, so I want to talk to you. I, I, I want to talk to you about this. I, and my, my sermon title is this, can, can I Get Some More Bread? Everyone look at your neighbor and say, can I get some more bread? And here's point number one right here. The bread is good. How many love it when you go into a restaurant and they bring out the bread? How many love it when you go to a restaurant and they, and they uh, you know, Texas Roadhouse, and they bring out those rolls? They're going to be in heaven. Uh, I forget, the other day, uh, we went somewhere, and, and, and we, they, were, they brought out rolls, and they were really, really good. I told my wife, I said, hey, I said, these rolls remind me, uh, we had a lady in, in the school I went to in Missouri that made homemade rolls for the school. It wasn't a very big school, but she made homemade rolls. And let me tell you something, uh, we would always go back to try to get more rolls because they were just really good. You didn't have to put butter on them. They were that good. How many know what I'm talking about when a roll is that good, right? Uh, matter of fact, I can I can relate to that old song when the rolls are are called up yonder. I I always thought growing up it was talking about the rolls, you know, but but I didn't realize it was a roll like a like you know, just being honest, just being real for a moment there. Um, funny when you're a PK how you see life, right? I honestly I thought it was rolls. How many have ever been to Lambert's? Hey, throw me a roll, right? And what do they do? They chuck you this big old softball-sized roll, and if it hits you in the head and you miss it, they'll throw you another one, right? And, and, and they're big, and they're good, and they're buttery, and they, it, it's great. Uh, and anybody ever been to Fisherman's Wharf in, in San Francisco, to, to Boudin, to the, to the uh, sourdough place? How many love a good sourdough bread bowl? Get you some clam chowder in there. Boy, that sounds good on a fall day, doesn't it, right there? Or some potato cheese soup in that bread bowl, and you just keep sopping it up and eating it. And you just, you know, how many know what I'm talking about? Man, I am hungry today. I'm just talking about food and food and food and food. What about when you get some homemade biscuits? Come on, somebody. Ooh, I'm not talking about the kind that pop when you open them. I'm talking about the ones that you that that you that you make that grandma made or, or mom made. They're they're really good. There's something about bread. How many know that bread is good? Your doctor is a liar if they say it isn't. Bread is good. Bread is good. And and God is so good that God set up a place and a way for the children of Israel. When they were out in the desert, he supplied manna for them. And I think that's amazing. That that shows me that God will take care of your needs. See, God gave the children of Israel, uh, as they wandered through the desert, uh, an, an interesting substance. I want to look at this substance, manna. Everyone say manna. Um, uh, if we if we look at the the cor- there's a correlation between manna and Jesus Christ. If we look at the Old Testament, I always say this: every New Testament principle there's an Old Testament example. And and so when we look at manna in the Old Testament, guess what? We can look at Jesus Christ and compare the two because there's a because Jesus said, "I am the what bread of life." So take that, doctor. Right? So take that. Look at so so look at this manna. This is what we know about manna. It was small. It was round, it was, it was white, and it tasted like honey. Sounds like cereal to me, right? Sounds good. Um, and so what do we know about its size? It, it was small, 
And when we think of something small, listen, I want you to think about that. It speaks of humility, right? And, and Jesus, when he came to earth, when he came to earth, he came from a very high place in heaven and came down and, and came in humility and became a man and dealt with the same things that you deal, dealt with deal with. In Philippians 2, 7, it says this, that he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. He came down. So manna is small in size, and Jesus came in humility. Here's the second thing, the color of it. It's white. When we think of, uh, of things, you know, it, we're getting closer to the snow season, right? And there's nothing that is that is more beautiful than when it snows the night before and you get up the next day and all the snows across the field and the sun's shining and, and it's just beautiful to see the fields full of, of white snow, right? And but here, it, you know, we know that this manna was pure and it was spotless. So too was Jesus. Jesus would come and not only uh, uh, come in humility and become a man, but he would live a perfect life, a sinless life. First Peter one one nine. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, First Peter one nineteen says this. It says, "But with the precious blood of of Christ, like the Lamb without blemish or spot." That's talking about Jesus Christ. Everyone say that's talking about Jesus. So the manna was pure and it was it was spotless, just like Jesus. Look at this. Here's the next thing. It's shape. You know, and some of you say, "I can I can I can relate to this. I can relate to this." Its shape was round. Its shape was round. I got a big round head. That's what I feel like. And, uh, <laughs> and but here's the thing: when we th- when we talk about things that are round, oh, you you know, in in a wedding. Just recently, I did a wedding, and we talk about rings. They're round, right? They're a circle, and we and that speaks of what eternity, forever. And one thing that we know about Jesus is is he is uh, he has no neither a beginning nor an end. He is an inter- he, he is eternal. And our problem is we try to wrap our head around that. We cannot comprehend that because we have a beginning here and we have an end. But God is eternal. Matter of fact, Revelation one eight says this: I am the what the Alpha and the Omega. Amen. Says the Lord God who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Everyone say, Jesus is eternal. Here's the next thing. It's taste. Oh, how many like honeycombs? How many like honey bunches of oats? From my older crowd right there. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, (laughs) You know, the thing about those when we talk about things that are that are tasty when we talk about manna it was euphoric it it was uh uh ecstatic it was joyous it it satisfied there's something about when something's a little bit sweet and you're eating it that it that just makes it joyous right i, I love that uh, uh you know when you get a honey bun whoo come on somebody man i'm just hungry today i promise i'm just going to keep talking about food at lunchtime the buffet is going to be packed today it satisfies, and so too Jesus came, and here's the thing, Jesus came to satisfy the deepest longing that you have in your life. Psalms 34, 8 says this, the first part of that verse says, oh, taste and see what? That the Lord is good. How many know that he's good? And so this manna, it was sweet, so too what is Jesus. He's sweeter than honey, amen? He's sweeter than honey. And what about this? The, the origin of the manna, it came from heaven, right? 
came from heaven. I don't know. I think it would be pretty neat to come out of my house every morning and there would be a bunch of manna sitting out there in my yard. I would just be amazed by that. And, and you know what? When we, we talk about this origin of where this manna comes from, it speaks of this deity. It can, can only come from our Heavenly Father. So G- Jesus came down from heaven, right? And, and so, too, Jesus is one with the Father. John 10, 30 says this, I, uh, I and the Father are one. And they are, they are connected. The origins, he said, I, I am from heaven. So manna came from heaven. As Jesus did, and so he, he, he is the son of God. Amen. How many would say that? How many say, hey, Jesus, you are the son of God. So John chapter 6, what's interesting here is those people there that day, they realized when he's telling them, hey, I am the bread of life, they are failing to see that Jesus is making a correlation between the manna that they're talking about that, that in Moses' day and what he is saying in this moment. And so they're not seeing this picture. Everyone say, hey, you got to see this picture. And Jesus says this one thing. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread. How many are a little bit dense? I can relate to this crowd. Sometimes I got to hear things a few times. Ask my wife. You're not listening to what I'm saying, TJ. What I'm trying to tell you is this. And then, oh, aha, I got it. And Jesus very bluntly says, I am. And, and that comes from a Greek phrase. And, and it literally is ego ami. And, and, and in Exodus 3.14, if you go back here, okay, stick with me just a moment. I'm laying a little bit of a foundation. We're going somewhere with this. Uh, Moses, he's there at the burning bush, and he's being called by God. And, and Moses is a little unsure of who he is. And he says, he says, who should I say sent me? You know, I'd be a little bit weird talking to a bush anyways. And, and he said, who should I say sent me? Should I say it's this bush? Or, or you know, uh, that would be my question is, what, what, what do I say here? And, 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 who, and wh- who should I tell them uh, who, who's him? Who are you and what is your name? And the Lord answered him and he said, my name is I am. I am. Everyone say, I am. I am who I am. And I am the creator. And I owe no debt to nothing because guess what? I create. I'm not created. I am. I existed before time began. I am. You can try to wrap your head around that, but I am God. See, and I could just see Moses scratching his head and said, you are what? You are what? What does that mean? You are uh, I am. What does that mean? And here's what's interesting here. It, it, leaves, it leaves us something that Moses is not revealed in Moses' time, but would be revealed in this moment where Jesus is speaking, where he says, I am the bread of life. And he says, and that leaves that I am blank. Everyone say, I am blank. So through this time, we, you know, I am, I, I exist. So the Hebrew word with the future tense on that verb related to his name in Exodus means I am will be with his people. So I am and I will be with you. How many know that the Lord said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. And if you're going through something right now, let me tell you something. God will be with you if you let him be with you. I love this. So, so let's fast forward here to John chapter 6 with Jesus. And here he is uh, with his people. And, and how many can say this? Everyone say, the bread is good. 
The bread is good. How many are going to go home and eat some bread today? All right, nobody. Everyone's on keto. That's amazing. All right. The bread is good. Here's my second point right here. Bread from heaven. Look at this. In John chapter 17, and I ended talking about this. I am blank, but here's what happens when Jesus comes into the picture. John chapter 17, verse 6 through 7, it says this. Jesus speaking, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Look at verse 7. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. So Jesus, listen, when we look at this, this picture, Jesus fills that blank perfectly. I am, and whatever your need is, Jesus can fill that blank. I'm about to show you something. This is pretty amazing to me. He, he fills that blank. Here's the thing. Is something gnawing at your soul? Anybody ever just feel like, man, this is, this is bugging me? This is, are you dissatisfied with where you are? Do you, do you want to grow? Are, maybe you're empty in your spirit. You know what Jesus would say to you? I am the bread that can fill you. I am that thing. And, and, and maybe you're in a dark place. Maybe you say, man, I, I, I just feel dark in my heart and, and, and things don't look good. Do you feel like you don't know where to turn? Jesus would say this to you. I am the light. Amen. And maybe you're here and maybe you you feel vulnerable or you feel unsure or you feel you, you feel fearful. And Jesus would say to you, I am the door. What do you mean by that? Hey, I am the door. I can protect you. I can shut things off that may harm you. I can keep you out of harm's way. Walk through this door and I could keep things away. Amen. How many know what I'm talking about? Maybe you feel cut off or maybe you feel isolated. And Jesus says this. I am the vine. Amen. I am the vine. Abide in me as I abide in the Father. So uh, maybe you feel dead or cold to your sin, or maybe you feel buried in shame or guilt. And Jesus would say this I am the resurrection. I can turn dead things to life again. It's amazing to me. Maybe you feel lost as a sheep out in the field, and Jesus would say, I am the good shepherd, and I will lead you in paths of righteousness. And this is what I've learned is this. Whatever you are in need of, Jesus will be. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. And I know it's, I know it's quiet in here, but this is, this is good. Uh, Jesus is telling us, if you cling to me, if you cling to me, you'll have security in me. If you cling to me, you'll have security in me. And what happens with us oftentimes is we're looking for the handout from God. God, what can you give me? Not realizing that he is. He doesn't just give, but he is. All right? Stick with me just a minute. I am what? And Jesus says this. I am everything. And the problem is all too often we're looking, looking for something from Jesus instead of simply clinging to him. Moment by moment. See, Jesus doesn't have the answer. He is the answer. That's what I'm trying to say. Jesus doesn't have the answer. He is the answer. I'll break it down for you. If Novak, who's in our kids' class today, that's my son, 
and he's over in kids' class. If he was to come in here today and walk up here and come up here to the pulpit and say, hey, Dad, I don't feel good. I, I really feel like I, I need to go home. You know what I could do? I could be like, hey, Novak, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go through those back doors. I want you to go through those doors. I want you to walk through the field over there to the old Marathon Shell Station. I want you to go out there to 37, and I want you to put your thumb out, and I want you to hitchhike down 37. I want you to get to Bedford, and then I want you to get on, uh, on 158, and then from there, I want you to walk, you know, a 1,000 yards until you get past Revere's, and then go left on 450, and then you're going to go about five miles until you get to our road, and then you're going to walk that three-quarters of a mile down the road to our house, go to the left, go up the driveway, get there, and find out that the, that the door's locked. You can't get in anyways. What I've done is I've told him the way, but here's the difference. I'm going to show you something. This is a powerful illustration. If Novak came in here and said, Dad, I'm sick, I could pick him up. I could carry him out to the car, set him in the car, get in the car, turn the key on, back out of here, and drive him there. What I'm saying is this. Oftentimes we're looking. Jesus isn't just telling us. He's saying, hey, I can carry you. I can get you there. If you'll just get in the car with me, I will be the bread of life. Amen? So Jesus, he doesn't, he doesn't tell us the way. He is the way. Man, can, can you just wrap your head around that? He doesn't, he doesn't give us the answer. He doesn't tell us the answer. He is the answer. I love that. It's such a beautiful picture. John 14, 6 says this. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. There's one way to heaven. There's one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ and him alone. You can't go around him. You can't go under him. You got to go through him. Amen? He's saying, I am salvation. I won't show you salvation. I am salvation. I won't show you grace. I am grace. That's what Jesus is saying. I won't show you love. I am love. It's who I am. Listen, if, if we as believers got our head around this, we'd be blown away by the I am. Because he's more than a person who just does handouts. He is those very things that we need. I'll give you a good example. In John chapter 18, Judas had brought a band of soldiers some say that it was 600 soldiers. Some say it was 470. Some say it was less, more. It doesn't really matter. These soldiers came to arrest Jesus. And Jesus asked the soldiers when they got there, he says, who do you seek? He knew who they were seeking. Who do you seek? And it's interesting to me. They said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus looked at them. And in the Greek it said, said ego eme, which is I am. And you know what happened to that, to that band of soldiers? <laughs> It's amazing to me. They fell back. They, they, they went back on their own. And it's amazing to me. He knocked them down, not by anything he did, but surely the power of who he was. He declared something powerful in that moment. So, so when we grab that in our moment and we, we, we say this, hey, hey, once you see it's not something Jesus gives to you, but it is who he is for you, you'll be blown away. I love it. It's a pretty picture. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, 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 hey, stick, stick with pastor just a little bit longer here. Some of you say this, I've been looking fervently. I've been looking continually. But in reality, here's the thing. It's all about being wrapped up in Jesus personally that makes the difference. It's not what he gives me with his hands. It's who he is. It's his nature. I love that. And if I stay close to the Lord, guess what? I will be protected. 
When I stay close to him, he will cover his wing over me, and he will he will guard me. He will protect me. He'll keep he'll keep the, he'll keep inflation away from me. Come on, somebody. He'll bless you, and he'll protect you. If I cling to him, he'll be all that I need. He'll be my supply. He'll be my blessing. He'll be my salvation. He'll be my grace. Amen? And I'll be satisfied. But see, Jesus, uh, Jesus says, that I am the way. I am the door. I am the vine. I am the bread. I am the good shepherd. I love those statements. Let me ask you this, and this is my third point. I'm going to ask the worship team to come right here. Is this. What are you doing with the bread? What are you doing with the bread? Here's a good correlation. We, we know that Jesus is the bread of life. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? There's, there's four things. Look at this. There's four things that the children of Israel could have done with the manna in the desert. Four things. Number one, they could pick it up every day. That's what they were supposed to do. Is what the Lord told them to do. Pick it up every day. Morning by morning, day by day, they received strength from the Lord's journey. How many would say, I want the Lord's strength. I want the Lord to bless me day by day, every day. You know that God has blessings for you every morning. As a matter of fact, Scripture says his mercies are renewed. What? Every morning. So all you got to do is get up. It's a new day. God loves you. Hey, walk in those blessings. And just like us spending time with Jesus, the bread of life gives us strength for the challenges that we need every day. You know what? There's a difference when I spend time with Jesus early, first in my day, than when I don't take the time to spend time with him. How many know what I'm talking about? I have a peace. I have an understanding. I have had my fill. Here's the second thing. So they, they could pick it up, pick it up. That's what we're supposed to do. The second thing they could do is trample it. It's just so much man out here. I can just trample it. Uh, there's so much. And, and, and some people say this, I, I don't have the energy to, to reach over and pick up this manna. I, I, don't, I won't expend any energy or make an effort to partake uh, from the Lord. And what they're really saying is this. When they say, hey, I, I don't want to take the energy to serve the Lord. I want to take the energy to do, do things for the Lord. I want to take the time to, to, to spend time with the Lord. Is What they're really saying is, I don't need the Lord. Come on. Come on, somebody. I don't have to partake in that. I, uh, matter of fact, I, I can go on this journey without him. But, but 2 Peter 3, 9 says that, that, desire, that, that the Lord is desiring that none should perish. God laid down his life for us. But here's the thing. Look at, look at this. Here's the thing. If we reject him, if we trample what he has given us, God will let us do it. He's given us this thing called free will. He doesn't make us serve him. Serve him. He gives us an opportunity to serve him. But here's the thing, when you reject him, you'll trample the very thing that can give you life. Here's the, th- here's the third thing they could do. Ignore it. How I many know that there are people that try to ignore what God's doing? Not just neglecting church. I'm okay with you going to church or whatever, but I, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm not going to worry about it. You might say, hey, I'm not rejecting or trampling the Lord, but, but, uh, but you know, I, I don't have to worry about gathering manna. When you leave the manna and you ignore it, this is what happens. In, in Exodus, it says that the manna would melt. It would disappear. The sun would, 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 would take care of it. It would go away. And so people don't often say this, hey, I don't feel the Lord or I don't sense his strength. And my question to them is, is this, have you spent any time with the Lord lately? Well, no. Well, there's, there's probably your problem right there, number one. Is he your daily supply? Well, sometimes. Well, there's problem right there. 
I think sometimes we get so busy that we ignore it. I, I, I've got I've got work. I've got I've got a hundred other things I got to do. And God's saying, Hey, I, I've given you this. And when I've neglected God, listen, this is this is a bold statement. When I've ne- neglected God in the cool of the morning, I can't expect Him to be there in the heat of the day. Come on, somebody. Some of us want God to be there in the middle of our situation in the heat of it, but we've neglected him in the cool of the morning when he's saying, hey, I've got blessings for you. And like, I'm too busy. I can't, I can't, I can't. And the truth is, here's the, here's the, here's the truth. He's still there. He said he'd never leave us or forsake us, but, but we just ignore him. Here's the last thing. Some people thought, well, hey, we could store it. And... Um, it's too hard to gather on, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so I just gather on Sunday when I come to church on Sunday. Bad news, that doesn't work. The Bible says this in Exodus sixteen twenty that says that when they stored it, the bread would get worms and it began to stank. Not stink, stank. How many know there's a difference between stink and stank? If you have a teenage boy, you know the difference between stink and stank, right? So are those who think Sunday morning is a place to store up on the bread of life. Ooh, I've been guilty. I don't need to go to Wednesday night or I don't need to go to men's and women's group. I, I've been doing this a long time. I've got a lot stored up. Watch out. Watch out. And listen, I'm not chastising you. I, I'm, I'm challenging you. I, I'm challenging. I, I hope you hear my heart. I want you to get the bread of life. It's life-giving. What are you doing with the bread? Are you gathering it daily? Are you trampling it? Are you ignoring it? Or are you storing it? Say, hey, uh, uh, I, I don't need to hear this sermon again because I, because, or, or read the word. I, I've got it down, right? Some of you have already arrived, I know, right? I don't need to get up early and seek the Lord. But Jesus would say this in Matthew 6, 11. He said, give us this day what? Give us this day our, there's a daily supply. There's a daily supply that God wants to give you. And, 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 and it's day by day Jesus wants to be your I am blank. Feeling a little weak today? God can be your strength. Feeling a little bit anxious? God can be your peace. Come on. He doesn't give you peace. He is peace. He's everything you need personally. The question is, are you willing to slow down and let pick up the manna when you need to pick up the manna and say, hey, God, this is, this is something you've given me. Here's the bread of life. And here's the thing. God's, God's not into fast food. Amen? God's not into fast food. Matter of fact, Psalms 23, 5 says this. He what? Prepares a table. That's not fast food. That's putting out the spread. Amen? John uh, 21.12 says he invites you to come and dine. John 6.10, he feeds us as we sit in his presence. So will you bow your heads with me? Lord, you are the bread of life. God, you are the bread of life. If you're here today, say, hey, pastor, I hear you. I, I hear you. You're, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're baking, bread. I hear what you're talking about. 
Can I tell you, Jesus wants to be the I am in your life. If you don't have a personal relationship with him, I want to invite you to know him today. You don't, the Lord is not the, the Lord of your life. Jesus is not the Lord of your life. I'm going to tell you it's the best decision you'll ever make. Say, I want to know Jesus. With all heads bowed, no one looking around, I want to know Jesus. Would you just lift up your hand in this moment? I believe the Holy Spirit's ministering. In this moment, I want to give, every, give, give you a chance. Just take a moment and give you a chance. How many would say this, hey, pastor, I want Jesus to be the bread of life. I want Jesus to be the I am in my life in all areas. And I want to be able to grab that daily supply of bread and life from him that he is so willing to give. And I just, I just, I just want God to remind me, to help me every day to pick up the things that he wants to give me. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? Thank you, thank you. Hands going up all over this place. Let me pray with you. Lord, I pray right now, God, for every heart in this place. God, I ask, Lord, that you would, uh, God, just remind us, God, what it is, what, what your word says. I am the bread of life. I am. I exist. I exist. I've been. I have. I will. I always will. I am the supply of the bread. God, you don't give the answer, you are the answer. God, you don't give grace, you are grace. God, you don't give love, you are love. It, it is defined by you. So, Lord, knowing that revelation in, in, in our hearts, God, I pray, Lord, that you would begin to strengthen, God, us. God, I pray, Lord, you would forgive us, Lord. Maybe we've, we've been those who have ignored the bread, God, and the manna that you give daily. God, maybe we've been those that have trampled it. We say, God, forgive me for being that way. And, God, maybe we've been those that have stored it and thought, well, I'll live from week to week. God, and God, that, you haven't designed it that way, but, God, you've given us daily bread. And so, Lord, we say, God, I'm sorry, Lord, for thinking I can do it different. But, Lord, you've set out this sample, Lord, this example every day. Lord, you give. God, and all I have to do, Lord, is reach down and pick up that thing, commune with you, and have time with you in Jesus' name. Amen.